This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. KWTX at four starts now. Thanks for joining us. I'm Justin Early here with meteorologist Camille Hawksworth. And, you know, uh, last night, again, no Powerball winner for the jackpot. Now it's $1 billion. So with that money, you can buy yourself a plane ticket to Alaska and go cool off. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Have you played yeah. yet this go around? No, I think something inside me, it's something inside me saying, wait, wait, wait until it gets wait even for the bigger. One billion. And then the next day after I said, wait one more, then somebody else wins it. And then it's like, mm, you missed out. So, yeah. Today might be the today, day. Today then. could be the day. Today could be the day. <laughs> next drawing's tomorrow night. So you're going to want to, you know, do it before then if you're interested in getting that billion dollars for half a second and then you pay your taxes and it's half a billion dollars. <laughs> yes. Still a lot of money. Let's get things going with today's Daily Four. Yeah, today's Daily Four, we've got lots to cover, but some good news for parents with infants hoping to steer clear of RSV this winter. We've got a FDA approved uh, update here. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration just approved an antibody to protect newborns from the respiratory virus. This is not a vaccine. A vaccine prompts the body to make antibodies, but this is actually a ready-made antibody that can bind to the virus and block it from infecting healthy cells. So that's good news. It's given as a single injection, so you don't have to go back twice. I know yes. sometimes you have to do that, but the single injection and before RSV season, you can get that, which usually peaks in the fall and the winter. The FDA approval also allows infants up to 24 months who remain vulnerable through throughout their second RSV season to get a second injection. Um, so that's a, a, just an additional mm -hmm. coverage there. The next group to weigh in will be the advisory committee on the immunization practices for the CDC. If the health agency signs off on it, this will become the second antibody available to protect young children against RSV, which again, of course, is the leading cause of hospitalization in infants every single year. It seems like we do hear about these cases getting kind of coming hard and heavy, you know, at that certain time of year when they start to kick in and we don't want to see, you know, kids sick and, and hospitalized if we can prevent it. And that's a great way to do it. That's great. If, if this had proven to be effective and, and you know, approved the way that we want it to be. So we'll see. And it's scary. I mean, we've been lucky to not have RSV in our household mm -hmm. so far, but we've mm -hmm. still got young kids and yeah. infants at home. And so um, I know some people who have had that, though, and those symptoms and those signs are very uh, gradual. They're not like, mm -hmm. um, you know, you don't see them right away. And so you might yeah. think it's just a little cold. And then all yeah. of a sudden it's that RSV. And mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So just um, protecting our kids the best way we know how. Anything can, that can help. We'll let you know what happens with that. Now it's a number two in our daily four. Yes, okay, so we're talking about in and out Burger and it wants its employees to show their faces and go unmasked. So the fast food chain is now barring staff from wearing masks unless they have a doctor's note. It says the new rule highlights the importance of showing your employees' faces and their smiles to customers. The mandate applies to five of the seven states where the restaurants operates and including Texas. Uh, the other states including the uh, and the ban are Arizona, Colorado, Nevada, and Utah. In and out workers say that workers that do require masks must wear a company provided N95 mask and the rule goes into effect next month. So in and out also uh, has restaurants in California and Oregon and Oregon in those states. They're not required to wear a mask at this time. You know, I appreciate a nice smile. I really, really do. But, you know, let me think about this for a second. When it comes to food, I'm real particular. Illnesses can be spread. And 
you know, if someone's wearing gloves and a hairnet, that's great. Your hands are covered. Your hair is not going to get in my food, hopefully. <laughs> but if, let's say you have allergies, you throw that mask on. I don't want you sneezing in my burger or my kid's fries. So you're kind so of, a, you I'm want kind them of to like, wear masks. I'm saying if they want to, let them do to. it. And honestly, if they're just working in the back, if it can protect my food from anything gross in there, yeah, I kind of am into it, you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah, sure, I get the whole smile thing. That's sweet, and I love that, and it makes sense, and you should be able to do what you want to do. But again, if, if you have allergies and you're kind of wanting to be a good citizen of the world to protect that food from your nose dripping, I think that I say, go ahead and you wear that. You wear that mask. I'm fine with it. I don't know why there needs to be a ban. I think that it can be, you know, on a case-by-case -case basis. Allergies don't require a doctor's note necessarily, and that can also cause coughing and sneezing. So I don't want it in my food is the bottom line. That's just, right. you know, that's my whole concern. And it seems such a, like, an extreme since mm -hmm. we just had the, you know, we had to wear masks just mm -hmm. like a few short years ago. Now saying you can't wear masks is kind of... Um, yeah. Maybe if, if they want to wear them, they, they should be able to. I think they to. should, especially if they have a little sniffle or a little cough, maybe. <laughs> yeah. It's that, too. Yeah, any kind of thing could, could happen. So I just I hate I get grossed out by thoughts of things in my food. That's the bottom <laughs> line. That's the where this is all coming from. Now. That's where it's all coming from. That's why I'm always very nice to servers and people who take my order. Very nice because you don't want them one to. One of the many reasons we should be one nice. Of, one of the many reasons, <laughs> yeah. All right, and that's number three in our daily four. Speaking of food, some of the smaller communities in central Texas could soon be home to one big name the fast casual restaurant world. So the Wall Street Journal reports Chipotle Mexican Grill has started a massive expansion in towns with population ranging from only 7,600 people to 35,000 people. In fact, it plans to open as many as 800 new locations in towns in that size range across North America in the coming years. It's part of a larger expansion strategy all across the continent. And I know I grew up in a small town um, where, you know, you, you had two restaurants. You had Phil's. Uh-huh. And you had the pizza place. Okay. And yeah. it was in that range. But it's Phil's. And Phil's was just kind of like a home cooking kind of place. Okay. It, it was okay. pretty good. And then the pizza place where I worked, where we had pizza. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's nice to have another couple of options. You know, if there's anything else to take your date at, whatever, it's kind of good to have a few more choices. And good who to see doesn't want a Chipotle in their I mean, town? I do enjoy <laughs> a burrito. Enjoy the bowls. Those bowls are great. So yeah, yeah good to see them doing Good, that. healthy options. You yeah. know, they um, have a sustainability focus too on mm -hmm. um, grass fed beef and, and things like that. And so I, I'm all for it. So, yeah. woohoo, go yeah. Chipotle. You, know, you can throw some cauliflower rice on the menu. They may have it. I think that they might. Some of them do, but that's even, you know, it's even healthier, so it's even better for you. I like that. All right, now number four in our daily four. And, you know, we know it's not just rude, but it's dangerous to throw something at an artist performing on stage. We've talked about yeah, that. Yeah, Justin, I don't get this trend yeah. at all. Well, this is a little bit different than throwing, but it could okay. be considered rude. So, what about taking a picture, a selfie, in fact, in uh, the middle of a song during a concert. So Miranda Lambert says, don't even try it. Listen. I'm gonna stop right here for a sec, Danny. I'm sorry. These girls are worried about their selfie and not listening to the song. So People Magazine reports that during this concert you're seeing here on Sunday, a group of people were taking selfies when uh, she stopped the song that she was singing and she called them out saying that they're worried more about the selfie than the song. And she was mad. Uh, she didn't use those terms. She used different terms, but she was not happy about it. And then she restarted. And you can hear on some of the videos, some people got up and left. They said it wasn't nice of her to talk to her fans that way. And some say that they paid for it. They should be able to do what they want. And a lot of people take pictures at concerts. Now, I will tell you this. If you didn't know what song that was, it was kind of a heartbreaking, emotional song that's important to her, too. As an artist, it's called Tin Man. Uh, and these people and were taking the selfies. They were pretty close to the stage. She could see them, so it could have been distracting her or others around them paying attention to her. I, I can see both sides. I, yeah, mean, I can you, see both sides. You know, you pay for a service, and maybe she could have... Maybe the answer is, 
addressing it ahead of time. Maybe you say, you know, maybe people lock up your phones ahead of time. You have to do that, or yeah. you know, so, you know, sometimes you, I've been into theater productions where you have to take a little bag, put your phone in there, and then zip tie it up, and then they let it out at the end. Yeah. Um, maybe you address it before, or after. Uh, because some people may just not realize that how that it's offensive to the artist or can distract other people. You know, they well, may not know. You're so right. You did you did pay to be there. You want to mm -hmm. share the experience and maybe you want to remember that moment yeah. if that song means a lot to you. Sure. You want to be there and remember that with her. But on the flip side too, you know, in theater, like you mentioned, you can't even have your phone out at all. Yeah, and it's that's more true. part of that being that in the moment and yeah. being present too. There's something to say for that. And um, if they were taking people mm -hmm. out around them outside of the moment, that may have been why she addressed the issue. Well, and you know, Miranda Lambert is very talented. She's also known for being very outspoken. I, I admire that, but you know, knowing her personality, maybe you don't want to do that at her concert. <laughs> maybe others would be a little bit more forgiving or word it differently, but Miranda's gonna say what Miranda wants to say. And I respect her for it, but that's her personality. So maybe think about that too before you. <laughs> Do that. I, Depends on who you're going to yeah. go see in concert a little bit. There's a Broadway performer named Patti Lapone, and she stopped entire plays or musicals before because people were doing things like that on their phone. One person jumped on the stage to plug their their charger into a fake outlet on the oh stage. Oh my goodness! And she almost lost her mind. So that there are degrees of of, of crossing the line that we need to think about because they're sharing their art, you know. Well, you so. know, and you think about the bright lights on the performer too. They sure. probably don't see a lot, but if the lights were down for mm -hmm. that, yeah, mm -hmm. if there was a flash on that can take them out of what they need to do too. So yeah. I think we just need to have better concert etiquette overall. Yeah. You know, with that trend going on where people throw things at the oh, artists on horrible, stage. Horrible, just, let's just have better concert etiquette overall. I really just <laughs> try to. I, I, I made it a point in my life to put my phone down, just enjoy the moment and not take pictures of everything. You know, I try yeah. to do that. Well, coming up, let's talk about something coming up in less than a month. School, believe it or not, it's almost here. Keisha Lopez speaks to a nurse practitioner about how to make sure your kids start the new school year healthy and ready to learn. That's actually Welcome back. Well, you wouldn't know it from the triple digit heat outside, but summer is winding down and kids will be heading back to school before you know it. One of the things many parents, you know, have on their to do list is the back to school immunizations. Joining us now to help, you know, get your kids healthy and ready to hit the books is Devin Nye from Baylor Scott and White McLean Children's Waco Clinic. So Devin, first of all, thank you so much for stopping by to talk about this. Um, first of all, why is getting your kids immunized before they go back to school, why is it so important? It is very important to get it done soon so you can get them in without um, worrying about the availability of the clinic. We are pretty busy for um, summer right now just getting school physicals and immunizations up to date. So where can parents go to find out like what's required? Uh, the kids. school website is the best place. Texas, state of Texas does have a website, but it's so much easier to get for sure um, for your school on their website. And then what about the grade levels? You know, you've got four kids in the house, yes. different grade so levels. So there is a huge gap where they don't need shots. It's still good for them to come in for their well visits. Um, but so at age four to five, they do need some to start pre-K or kindergarten. And then um, again, around 11, they start a new series um, to get updated on their tetanus vaccine and then um, the meningococcal for bacterial meningitis. You know, especially since the pandemic, you know, we've all started thinking about, you know, getting those vaccinations. Mm -hmm. um, what are you hearing from parents? Any concerns that they may have? Um, so a lot of them is just like, 
do I expect fever? Do I expect, you know, any kind of soreness or anything like that? And yes, I mean, some kiddos do have fever. Um, soreness usually related to the older population, I mean, the older kid population. Mm -hmm. um, the four-year-olds do remarkably well with them. I don't usually hear anything um, from them, but, um, you know, the athletes and the older kiddos usually do have a little bit of arm soreness, but it works out pretty pretty easily with that. I think earlier, one of the things I've heard parents talk about is, you know, oh, what if this makes my child sick? You know, I think mm -hmm. they thought back in the day that it might cause some sort of other, you know, disorder, but uh -huh. that's all been. Yeah, there's so much research that proves otherwise. And then we hear that a lot with like the flu shot, but, um, you know, I mean, the flu shot is not what's making your kids sick. It's all the other kids that are sick. <laughs> right. Um, okay, so what types of um, immunizations are we talking about? Okay, so um, for the four-year-olds, I definitely um, recommend, I mean, it's what re what's required, the DTaP and polio. Yeah. Um, which is their last polio that they'll need. Um, DTaP is something that we give every 10 years. Okay. Um, and then the MMRV, which is measles, mumps, rubella, chicken pox. And, you know, we know these from whenever we were real young mm -hmm. and um, now, you know, we vaccinate against these so we don't get or see these anymore. Um, and so that's the last time that they'll need that one as well. Okay, and so if they need to um, get those those shots, mm -hmm. <laughs> where do they go? They can, I mean, obviously come see us. We'd love to do a well check and, and get those up to date. Um, if it's kind of a time crunch and you haven't, you don't have a PCP, you can always establish with us, but mm -hmm. if you need to get them done, you know, it's nowhere else. You can go to the health department mm -hmm. too. Okay. Um, anything else that you think parents should know as we, because I'm telling you, I was just at the store <laughs> and, you know, folks are out thinking about back to school, getting the supplies, right. you know, looking for the lists. Yes. You know, anything else that you'd like to say? No, I would just make sure that, you know, they're getting back to school ready and uh, immunizations is a big part of it. So, um, you know, getting your sleep too and, and getting ready for anything that's coming your way. Okay, sounds good. Devin, thank you so much for stopping by. You're welcome. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.